podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday before a weekend, which Liverpool don't play on until Monday against Leeds United away from home. Now, there's no point in talking about that game today because we've got the whole weekend to go. Something could change. Somebody could get hurt. Who knows? We can talk about it on Monday. Uh, for now, let's just go around the main Liverpool websites. Jürgen has done his press conference uh, in which he battered away questions about Bellingham, said sometimes it's not possible for us, got a little bit arsy with some of the questions that he was asked and had a slight pop at the fans and made up some nonsense about people wanting six signings for $100 million each. Um, he also made some reference to a Ferrari, which I assume is in response to Neil Devlin's recent tweet about saving up for a Ferrari and then realising he couldn't afford one. Um, look, Jürgen is, Jürgen is becoming a little bit more difficult to back with every passing press conference when he says nonsense like this and refuses to in any way be critical of the situation that he finds himself in. There's two reasons for that. One is that I'm sure he's aware he is one of the main architects of this mess that he's in. And the other is that, you know, he is, regardless of what you may think, he is a company man. He always has been. He, he has never criticised ownership or his bosses anywhere. Um, not at Mines, not at Dortmund, and not at Liverpool. He is a company man. And that's fine. He's well paid for it. It's a transactional relationship. They pay him a whole bunch of money. And in return, he defends them when when he needs to. And, you know, that is just what it is. We shouldn't expect anything different. That's just how he's always been. Again, it comes down to his loyalty. But at the same time, his primary responsibility is to the fans of this club, not to the owners, not to anybody else, but to the fans of this club who will be here long after he is, and we're here long before he was. The most important group of people connected to the club are the fans. Without the fans, there is no club. And there might be Everton, but that's about it. An Everton-sized club, is that what anybody wants? Their track record? So when he has these pops at fans, it's just it's very, very difficult to kind of make peace with them. He did it last summer. He openly mocked fans who were calling for midfield signings, which were desperately needed. You've all, at this point, seen the clip of him saying, tell me why, tell me why we need a midfielder. And then a sycophant laughing as if he'd said something hilarious. You've all seen the, the press conferences where he listed out 
midfielders and said, well, tell me what kind of midfielders I need. But good ones, Jürgen, actual midfielders, lads that can run, lads that aren't scared to tackle, lads that can stay fit. Uh, those are the type of midfielders that you needed then and you need more of them now. Uh, Jamie Carragher has written a piece saying Liverpool needed a midfielder last summer, need two this summer. That's just not even slightly accurate. They needed two last summer. They need four this summer. We needed one midfielder in 2021 and not getting that midfielder cost us the league title. We needed two last summer and we need four this summer because Naby is going, Ox is going, Henderson's finished, Fabinho's finished, Milner should be going, Thiago's injury prone. Who do we have left? A kid? A fella who's not a midfielder? And another young lad who hasn't really shown he's ready to play on anything resembling a semi-regular basis? Liverpool need four midfielders this summer. To play a 4-3-3, they need four midfielders. And the only way to get away from that is if they sign a couple of exceptional midfielders that are going to play pretty much every game. He commented on Leeds. He said that they owe us three points, assume in reference to the game at Anfield earlier this season. I didn't like that he uh, just was so accepting of the FA making a decision not to issue any further punishment to the linesman who elbowed Andy Robertson in the face. Uh, Klopp says it was dealt with really well. I'm sorry, it, it wasn't. He's gotten away with it. He's going to miss one game. The man elbowed a player in the face. A player got eight games for grabbing a referee by the arm. The media tried to gaslight it and say, oh, well, he, he just pushed him. Violent conduct. There's no violent conduct. He grabbed him by the arm. There was violent conduct when Andy Robertson got elbowed in the face. Jürgen just seems to accept it. God knows why. Now, Andy Robertson might be okay with the situation, but the fact is that a player got elbowed in the face. And if we're going to allow officials to assault players, it really does create an awkward situation the next time there's anything going the other way. On This Is Anfield, there is an article, five candidates for Liverpool's next sporting director. Uh, Dave Fallows is the first one. A couple of journalists have already said it won't be an internal appointment, which is right. It shouldn't be. Uh, if Fallows was the man for the job, he would have gotten it when Edwards was leaving. As simple as that. He was more qualified than Julian Ward to move into that assistant sporting director role. And he was more qualified to become the sporting director. He didn't. He shouldn't now. Uh, Paul Mitchell, <clears throat> that one's already pretty much been ruled out by Miguel Delaney. Apparently Manchester United are one of the candidates to, t- to own United. I assume Jim Radcliffe has uh, has eyes on Mitchell. Uh, Marcus Croch, he is the sporting CEO of Eintracht Frankfurt. He's already publicly turned the job down, so I, I wouldn't be including him. Um, 
he's he's very good at what he does, without question. Ralph Ranick. I mean, he he was a great sporting director for a number of years. But he is problematic. And he did have multiple fallings out with most people in the Red Bull organization where his role got made smaller and smaller and smaller as he, as he had tried to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. So I don't know. He could be problematic. Uh, Steven Gerrard is the last name on this list. And I mean, it's just a ridiculous suggestion. Um, it cites Peter Cech at Chelsea, Sebastian Kiel at Borussia Dortmund, Edwin van der Sar at Ajax and Oliver Kahn at Bayern Munich as just a handful of names to take up an executive position. Well, let's go through those names. Peter Cech was the technical director at Chelsea. He was not involved in transfers. Sebastian Kiel was the assistant sporting director at Dortmund for a number of years. He didn't just walk into the top job. Um, He also hasn't shown yet that he's a particularly good sporting director. Edwin van der Sar has never been sporting director at Ajax. He was the commercial officer at Ajax, and now he's the CEO. And Oliver Kahn is the CEO at Bayern Munich. He has no involvement in being the sporting director. That's Salahamazic. Salahamazic you could have named, but, you know, Ali Khan isn't involved in what a sporting director is involved in. He just oversees the club. Uh, and again, hasn't done a particularly good job and has come in for a lot of criticism, as has van der Sar, as has Sebastian Kiel. And one of the first things that Todd Bowley did when taking over at Chelsea, having spoken to people at the club, was remove Peter Cech. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Kroos is good. Mitchell is very good. Follows, I, I just, no more internal appointments. We don't have the people to, to step up. Ranić, it it just depends. It really does just depend on what Ranić you get. And Gerard's just a firm no. But it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't surprise me if that's who Klopp pushed for. Um, name recognition and someone that will largely go with what Jürgen suggests. Reported price tags for 12 midfielders linked with Liverpool. Uh, so Mason Mount, 50 to 70 million. So the reports are that Chelsea wants 70 million. Liverpool will be looking for somewhere more around 50 million. 70 million for a player with one year left on his contract is ludicrous. And Mason Mount is very good. But he's not world class. So he he, to me... At 70 million would be a hard pass. At 50 million, it's still high, but you can make your peace with that that fee. Uh, Alexis McAllister, 70 million. I think it's probably a fair price given his age, his ability. I think he'd fit well rotating with Thiago in that left-sided role. I'd be in favour of Alexis. If we signed Alexis and Mount and a really good holding midfielder and then say Alex Scott as a, a cheap fourth option, I think that would be a, a good summer's business. That holding midfielder would need to be exceptional, though, because they'll have a lot of work to do. Uh, Matthias Nunes, 30 million to well over 50 million. 
Um, so the 30 million would be if they go down, they're not going to go down. Uh, I, I like Matthias Nunes. I like him more than I think most people. I think he could be a really good fit in our midfield. Um, I think he could play either side. I think you could use him in that right-sided role and have him play a bit further forward, or you could rotate him with Thiago. He's a very different type of player, but he can offer something quite unique there. Uh, Connor Gallagher, 45 million. I mean, that's a laughable price. He's a 20 million pound player at most. Moises Caicedo, 90 million. I mean, 80 and add-ons would probably get it done, and I would pay it because I think he's worth it with his age, his profile the fact that he's already one of the best midfielders in the league, despite having, what, less than 40 Premier League games under his belt. Uh, Joe Polinia for £60 million would be far too much. Far too much. They paid 20 for him, just under 20 for him. A uh, very good player, but £60 million, He's absolutely not a £60 million player. Uh, Aurelian Chouameni, £90 million. Again, I think if you go 80-plus add-ons, I think you could get that deal done. For me, those him and Caicedo, those two, you get them two, and you can patchwork the rest around it. And with some of the players we have to sell, I mean, it just depends on what the budget is, but I, I would happily spend most of the budget to get him and Caicedo because Caicedo's 21, he's 23. They're elite-level talents. They're elite-level players already. Too many, the Madrid thing is not his fault. He walked into a bad situation there for him, given what they already had in midfield and how they play. I think he's much more suited to how we play. Uh, Ryan Gravenberch. Look, if he was 25 million, you could, you could take the chance on it. He hasn't played well for Bayern. He didn't play well in his last season at Ajax, but he is seriously talented. The issue with him seems to be getting him to buy in, get him, getting him to commit and, and perform on a regular basis. If 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 you got Chumeni and Caicedo and Gravenberch and just put the three of them together, even if you didn't get the fourth, just those three, that would be that would be a really good summer. If you get those three plus that left centre back, left side centre back, left back that we need, and pad out the rest with freeze or loans or whatever we can do, that would be a really good summer. If you got Gravenberch for 20 million, 25 million, say, Chumeni and Caicedo for 160 plus add ons, that's 185 plus add ons. And let's say we signed Evan and Dicker, and I'm not a huge fan, but let's say we signed Evan and Dicker and we signed Ola Aina on freeze. That's five signings, more than doable. 185 million. You can sell Costas and you can sell Joel Matin. That's probably 25 to 30 million. You can sell Quevin. That's probably another 15. There's 40 to 45. I think you might look at selling Curtis and maybe you get 15 for him. But I mean, even even with just selling 
Matip, Quivine and Costas. And Matt Phillips, say another five million there. So let's say we get fifty million. Like a hundred and thirty-five million net spend should not be an issue, even without Champions League football. It just shouldn't. We'll see. Uh, Nicola Barella, fifty million, garbage. No chance that that's the fee. No chance. Eighty to ninety million without question. Uh, Lukas Sukic, around twenty million. I mean, he's super talented. He's super talented. He's injured again, though, which is a worry. But I do like Luka Sukic. Uh, Talon Coop Miners, just no. He's just too slow. He's not mobile enough. He's a good player, but he's a very good player. And he's fun to watch because he can ping passes left, right, and center. But he's too slow and he's not mobile enough. And then Alex Scott. And I think he is a serious talent. I really do think he's a serious talent. And if you could send them a player on loan or two players on loan to try and bring the price down and add him as the fourth midfielder, then I'd be I'd be all over it. I think he's I think he's gonna be a hell of a player. Um that's it for there on Liverpool.com, the media digest. Liverpool learn new Mason Mount value. It's a price suggesting 45 million, which I think would be, you know, fair value. And told transfer target likely to leave. The transfer target is Alexis. I'd like Alexis. I really would. But Caicedo is the one from Brighton that we need. And I think Alexis is a much better fit for Man City than he is for us in that Gundogan role. Sadio Mane has just sent FSG another clear message after joining Liverpool Trend. I'm assuming this is the the thing fans like to claim that, you know, when you leave Liverpool, it's never quite the same. Um, there are some quite high-profile examples where that's not true. But it also depends on what you're looking at because it's easy to look at Coutinho and laugh and say, oh, well, you know, he shouldn't have left Liverpool. He could have been part of something in Liverpool. The fact is, if we don't sell Coutinho, we don't get Virgil, we don't get Allison, and we don't win anything. So for us, it was the right thing to sell him. And he's gone on and made a boatload of money, like an absolute boatload of money. He's also won three league titles since leaving. He won two La Liga titles with Barcelona. He won a Bundesliga with Bayern. And he won a Champions League. So at the end of the day, it it worked out pretty well for him, regardless of what we might feel about it. It worked out pretty well for him. He played a pretty big role in Bayern's Champions League win. He played a pretty big role in the two titles for Barcelona that he won. So, yeah, we can say, oh, well, you know, it didn't work out for him. It kind of did. Kind of did. And the same thing goes for Torres. Torres wanted to leave Liverpool. He wanted to win things and he wanted to earn more money than we were paying, which is entirely his right. And when Torres left us, he won an FA Cup. He won a Champions League. He won a Europa League. And he won a Europa League again with Atletico Madrid when he went back there. So 
how didn't it work out for him? Got to live where he wanted to live, earn what he wanted to earn, and won more than he would have won with us. Simple as that, really. Worked out for Suarez, worked out for Sterling, worked out for McManaman. Didn't work for Owen. But that was largely because of injuries. And the fact that when he went to Real Madrid, there was a fellow there called Ronaldo. The real Ronaldo, not not the show pony. But this idea that doesn't work out, it, it's just not true. It's just not true. The Coutinho deal worked for everybody, except Barcelona. They're the only ones maybe not happy with the whole situation. But that's their fault, not ours, not Coutinho's. Worked for us, worked for Phil. He got his money. He got his trophies, got his medals, got to live where he wanted to live. Family are happy. He's in Birmingham now. That's not ideal, but he'll be away off soon. Don't worry about him. Uh, Anfieldindex.com. We have five new articles, uh, three Jude Bellingham alternatives to solve Liverpool. Uh, this is written by Joe Pescod. Uh, Mason Mount that's you know that's the obvious one Uh, Yuri Tielemans I just certainly not as a Jude alternative because he couldn't play the right sided role rotating him with Thiago on the left you could maybe do that he's a good player there's no doubt Yuri Tielemans is a good player but he's got a lot of miles in his legs even though he's only 25, he's got a lot of miles in his legs. He's been playing first-team football since he was 16, week in, week out, which is going to wear people down. Oh, Ben Pescott. Sorry, not Joe Pescott. I don't know where I got Joe. I think I was thinking Joe Pesci. Um, yeah, Yuri, again, as the fourth midfielder, yeah, fair enough. No higher than that. And then Gravenberch. Gravenberch would be underwhelming, but if you were getting the best of the best in the other two midfield roles, you'd take the gamble on, on Gravenberch. At 25 million or so, even if it doesn't work out, you can still play Thiago there. You can still play Harvey there. You can still play Curtis there. You can play Cody there in certain games with the other two being that strong. And you can go again next summer and, and Gravenberch maybe just becomes a squad player. Um, Leeds versus Liverpool, the PL preview written by Stephen Smith. It's the Bellingham lies that frustrate, not the logic. That's written by Henry Jackson. It's a good piece. Give that a read. Uh, Tony Evans, should we change the player or the manager? The players or the manager. Uh, give that one a read. And then Dave Davis has written a piece uh, entitled Penalties, Salah Stays for Now. Uh, We have five new podcasts out on Anfield Index. Rival Recon, Harry Setti and John McKenzie. Or Harry Setti, joined by John McKenzie. Uh, You'll know John McKenzie if you're a regular on Twitter. Uh, He was part of the All Stats Aren't We podcast, which is a Leeds pod, and now works for uh, TIFO. Uh, does the YouTube videos for them. Um, Myself and Carl did a scouted for the Leeds game as well. Uh, There is a Moby on the spot. Jan is back. About time. Slacker. 
And then there is a Scouser Tommies with Jim Boardman, Jay Reed, and Tony Evans called Elbows and Shoulders. So give that one a listen when you have a chance. Uh, the last thing is there is a new, I have a new podcast. It's called Fight Fever. It's going to focus on boxing, on MMA, and maybe a little bit of pro wrestling every now and then uh, when I can get Mo Chatra and whoever else on. Um, there will be no podcasts or articles tomorrow, um, given the date that it is. So everything has just been pushed out today, which is why there's so many coming today. We we go into uh, into blackout mode tomorrow. So, um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all Monday. Take care of yourselves. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.